الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله speaks about and he says if the person raises himself the person is praying and he just doesn't raise his hands the ahadith that have been times what they do is they do mistakes and they write it wrong so the hadith Bukhari never narrated it. And Shaykh Muhammad Musalah Uthaymeen, in his kitab, Sharh al-Mumti'ah, he brings his hadith, and he brings it in other, of his, other works of his. I haven't seen him at all uh, attributing this to Imam al-Bukhari. So it's not, Bukhari didn't narrate hadith at all, at all. Naam. Wal-ba'iru inda buruukihi yuqaddimu al-yadayni fayakhirru bal-ba'iru لوجهه فنهى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن يخر الإنسان في سجوده على يديه لأنه إذا فعل ذلك برك كما يبرك البعير هذا ما يدل عليه الحديث خلافا لمن قال إنه يدل على أنك تقدم يديك ولا تخر على ركبتيك لأن البعير عند البروك يخر على ركبتيه لأن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يقل فلا يبرك على ما يبرك عليه البعير فلو قال ذلك لقلنا نعم إذا لا تبرك على الركبتين لأن البعير يبرك على ركبتيه لكنه قال فلا يبرك كما يبرك البعير فالنهي إذا عن الصفة لا عن عضو الذي يسجد عليه الإنسان ويخر عليه والأمر في هذا واضح جدا لمن تأمله فلا حاجة إلى أن نتعب نفع أنفسنا أنفسنا أو أن نحاول أن نقول إن ركبتي البعير في يديه وأن يبرك عليهما وأنه يبرك عليهما لأننا في غنى عن هذا الجدل حيث إن النهي ظاهر عن الصفة لا عن العدو الذي يسجد عليه ولهذا قال ابن القيم رحمه الله تعالى في زاد المعاد إن قوله في آخر الحديث وليضع يديه قبل ركبتيه منقلب على الراوي لأنه لا يطابق مع أول الحديث وإذا كان الأمر كذلك فإننا نأخذ بالأصل لا بالمثال فإن قوله وليضع يديه قبل ركبتيه هذا على سبيل التمثيل وحينئذ إذا أردنا أن نرده إلى أصله صار صوابه وليضع ركبتيه قبل يديه إذ يخر على ركبتيه ثم يديه ثم جبهته وأنفه Brothers and sisters, the Sheikh goes into a مسألة يعني طويلة الذيل It's a long discussion in the, amongst the ulama Which one should go down, your knees or your hands When you go towards your sujood and the discussion revolves around two main points. Okay? Min jihati thubuti al-adilla, number one. And the second one is min jihati dilala. Yani min jihati thubuti al-adilla means, is this evidence even authentically attributed to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Which is that the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la yabruk ahadukum kama yabruk al-ba'id, wa liyadah yadahu qabla rukbatah. Is this authentic? Ibn al-Qayyim in his kitab, Zadul Ma'ad, he's pushing the argument that that is maqloob, the hadith is back to front. Okay? And if the hadith is maqloob, it's min aqsam al-da'if, it's weak. 
يعني it's not taken like that it's taken in its opposite understanding so he strengthens Ibn al-Qayyim that the knees goes down first and other great scholars they strengthen the hands go down first so it's a back and forth in this discussion and this discussion is min jihati thubuti al-adillah which evidence is authentically attributed to the Prophet that's the discussion and then again after that the discussion of which one goes down the camel uh, where does it go down first on, on its knees or is it this long discussion that which seems apparent to me after my humble research is that the evidence is stronger on the side of the ones who say hands go down first some scholars like Sheikh Saleh ibn Abdullah ibn Hamad al-Usaymi he took the, the tariqah which he said all of the hadith in this issue are all weak all of them are ma'lul that both sides their evidence is all hayya he said that evidence that we have which are strong are that which is attributed to Umar radiallahu anhu and Umar he said and his son Abdullah ibn Umar Umar sorry he went on his knees and he also went on his hands Abdullah ibn Umar on the other hand, he went down on his hands. Which then Sheikh took from that, deducted from that, and al Abd Mukhayyar, that the person has a choice. Whichever one, whichever one he wants to, uh, to do. Okay? Uh, he deducts from, from that. Wallahi, يعني, then what's the benefits? The question becomes uh, the prohibition of the Prophet. What's the Prophet prohibiting here then? Okay? So what seems apparent, and Sheikh Al-Albani, I would encourage you to go to his Aslu Sifa Salat al-Nabi, the three volumes of Salat al-Nabi that he has. There's a Sifa Salat al-Nabi, that's three volumes, the biggest version of it. Sheikh Al-Albani expands on there the tkhrij of the hadith of the going down on the hands first. So I believe that, inshaAllah ta'ala. Also the great Indian scholar, uh, the great Indian scholar, Al-Mubarak Afuri, rahimahullah, the Sharih of the Kitab, uh, he has a nice discussion on this issue as well. He has a nice discussion on this issue. Naam. So it's also worth going there as well. Inshallah ta'ala. وَيَسْجُدُ عَلَى سَبَعَةِ أَعْطَاءِ لِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أُمِبْنَا أَنْ نَسْجُدْ عَلَى سَبَعَةِ أَعْظَمِ ثُمَّ فَصَّلَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَى الْجَبْهَةِ وَالْكَفَّيْنِ وَالْرُكْبَتَيْنِ وَأَطْرَافِ الْقَدَمَيْنِ رواه البخاري ومسلم فيسجد, فيسجد الإنسان على هذه الأعضاء The Sheikh here goes into when you go into sujood and you're in state of sujood there are seven limbs that you have to do sujood from okay الكفين the two palms الركبتين, your two knees أطراف القدمين, the tips of your fingers um, all of them face towards the Qibla and the nose so the two hands, which is two two legs so two hands the two palms, that's two and then you have the two knees, which is four and then you have القدمين, your two legs, your fingertips, uh, uh, toes, okay, which is six. And then the seventh, which is your nose. Those seven you have to do sujood from. The question here that some of the scholars discuss is, 
when you do sujood with your palms, should you hal yadumuha am yufarriquha? Do you bring them together or like that, or do you separate your fingers like that? Like, do you bring your fingers together, or do you separate them? All of the hadith that have come regarding this issue, none of them are authentic. None of them are. None of them are authentic. All that which is is that you should just do sujood on the seven parts of your body. Okay, some people they 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 their toes, they push it in like that instead of place, placing it like this, on the ground instead of placing it on the ground like that, they do it they carve it. That's wrong, because that's you going against the 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 place that you were told to do sujood. Okay. Um, some people, when they do sujood, like the Saudis, for example, they wear the iqal, right? The black iqal that they put on their head, right? The black thing that they've got on their head. That black iqal, sometimes they do prostration on it, okay? And he prostrates on that, which raises his nose from the, from the ground. His nose doesn't touch it. That's also not right. Uh, and the forehead doesn't really go f towards the floor even properly as well. Now. وينصب ذراعيه فلا يضعهما على الأرض ولا على ركبتيه ليجافي عضديه عن جنبيه وبطنه عن فخذيه فيكون الظهر مرفوعا. The Sheikh rahimahullah he now explains to us كيفيه السجود how to do the sujood. The person when you do sujood, the Shaykh Rahimahullah mentions, وَيَنْصِبُ ذِرَاعَيْهِ You point your, your, your forearms up, okay? You can't place your forearms on the ground like this. And it's, it's on the ground. No, you, you lift them up from the ground. Okay? You shouldn't do that. وَلَا عَلَى رُكُبَتَيْهِ You don't also place it on your, your knees, on your legs. No, you take it out. Ah. So lift it from the ground. And also, like, just your arms sh your sh should go out as well. If, for example, you're praying with some people and they're very close to you, maybe just slightly tuck it in, maybe a little bit. Okay? The asal of sujood, brothers and sisters, is that you spread out. You don't tuck, to, you don't tuck in. So your palms, you, you distance it from your face, you don't bring it close to your face and you do that, you distance it slightly from your face. Your arms, you take it away from your sides. Your forearms, you distance it from the ground. Naam. وَلَا يَمُدُّ ظَهْرُهُ كَمَا يَفْعَلُهُ بَعْضُ النَّاسِ تَجِدُهُ يَمُدُّ ظَهْرَهُ حَتَّى إِنَّكَ تَقُولْ أَمُنْطَبِحٌ هُوَ أَمْ سَاجِدٌ فَالسُّجُودُ لَيْسَ فِيهِ مَدُّ ظَهْرٍ بَلْ يَرْفَعُ وَيَعْلُو حَتَّى يَتَجَافَى عَنِ الْفَخِذَيْنِ وَلِهَذَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم اعتدلوا في السجود وهذا الامتداد الذي يفعله بعض الناس في السجود يظن أنه السنة وهو مخالف للسنة وفيه مشقة على الإنسان الشديدة لأنه إذا امتد تحمل ثقل البدن على الجبهة وانخنعت رقبته وشق عليه ذلك كثيرا وعلى كل حال 
لو كان هذا هو السنة لتحمل الإنسان ولكنه ليس هو السنة Here the Sheikh Rahimahullah mentions a principle that scholars mention a lot which is Deenullahi haqqun bayna baatilayni The religion of Allah ta'ala is what? It's haqq, it's true It's between two false two falsehoods وَهُدَى بَيْنَ الضَّلَالَتَيْنِ And it's between uh, guidance it's between, sorry guidance between two misguidances وَوَسَطٌ بَيْنَ الطَّرَفَيْنِ And it's in the middle of two, two extremes And that's what you find in a lot of people when some people pray their salah is extreme what they do and they overdo things that sometimes the form even gets correct uh, wrong and some people when they pray they're very negligent they don't care it's like are they even in salah the way they move around and they put one leg in front of the other leg and their posture is not even like they're in salah and another group of people they overdo it so everything brothers and sisters try to be in that middle path okay keep everything natural in the way that the Sharia sanctioned. Okay? Wafi Hali Sujudi Yakul Subahan Rabbiel Ada Talata Marat Awahu Ahmed wa Abu Dawood Wabnu Maja. Subhanakullahumma Rabbana Wabihamdik Allahumma Fili Rawahul Bukhari wa Muslim. Subuhan Kuddusun Rawahu Muslim. So when you're in the sujood, what do you say? You say Subhana? You say, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. When you're in the Ruku'ah, what do you say? Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Okay, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. In Ruku'ah, what are you saying? Allah is Azim. You don't say Al-A'la in Ruku'ah. And the scholars, they mention the secret here is, when you're in the Ruku'ah, you still haven't gone down to the earth and shown and expressed humility for Allah Taala. When you do that, you go down to the ground and you put your face on the floor and you humiliate yourself for Allah Taala. What becomes clear now? That Allah is high and you're low. That becomes clear. The three types of ulu. That Allah Taala. He's above his creation in those three forms. He himself, Allah, is higher than his creation. His station is higher than the station of the creation. His strength and his ability is stronger, more powerful than the creation. So that's why you say, Subhana Rabbiya, Subhana Rabbiya Al-A'la when you're in sujood. Now. وَيُكْثِرُ فِي السُّجُودِ مِنَ الدُّعَاءِ لِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَلَا وَإِنِّي نُهِيدُ أَنْ أَقْرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ رَاكِعًا أَوْ سَاجِدًا فَأَمَّا الرُّكُوعُ فَعَظِّمُوا فِيهِ الرَّبَّ وَأَمْنَ السُّجُودُ فَأَكْثِرُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الدُّعَاءِ فَقَمِنٌ أَنْ يُسْتَجَابَ لَكُمْ رواه مسلم أي حري أن يستجاب لكم وذلك لأنه أقرب ما يكون به ما يكون من ربه في هذا الحال كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أقرب ما يكون العبد من ربه وهو ساجد رواه البخاري ولكن لاحظ أنك إذا كنت مع الإمام فالمشروع في حقك متابعة الإمام فلا تمكث في السجود لتدعو 
لأن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إذا سجد فاسجدوا وإذا ركع فاركعوا رواه البخاري فأمرنا أن نتابع الإمام وألا نتأخر عنه The author رحمه الله here he clarifies the virtue of increasing dua when you're in a state of prostration because the Prophet guided us to that صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet said فأكثروا فيه من الدعاء يعني when you're in your prostration increase in what? in the dua فقامينون أن يستجاب لكم يعني فقامينون the Sheikh already explained, explained it for you that the word فقامينون it means يعني فحريون يعني it will be يعني your dua will be accepted يعني the chances are very high that you're going to get your, your dua answered يعني حقيق أن يستجاب لكم it's a reality that your dua will be accepted. Why is that this situation in the sujood, when you're in that situation, that your dua will be accepted? It's because you're the most closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This situation, halat to sujood, you're the most closest to Allah. Aqrabu ma yakunu al-abdu min rabbihi wa huwa The time when the slave is the most closest to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala is when he's in prostration. So then your dua gets most accepted then. Then the Shaykh Rahimahullah explains to us when we're praying behind an Imam, we should follow the Imam. It's wajib for us to follow the Imam. And that we do not delay from the Imam. Some people they lengthen their sujood whilst the Imam is standing up. Or the Imam is in the second sujood and he's still on the first sujood. That's not permissible. It goes against what we were commanded to do. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to following the Imam, a person will become one of three situations. The person is one of three situations. Number one, Halul Musabaqa. Halul Musabaqa means when the, when the person is actually going before the Imam. This is Muharrama, it's Haram. And it is not permissible for a person to do this. <clears throat> what To do what? And yes, imamahu to go before his imam. Your salah may even become null and void. Okay? Which we're not going to go into clarifying it now. Number two, halul mu'asara. Halul mu'asara means when you are now doing it with the imam. You're not going before him, but you're doing it with him. Okay, this is makruhatun karahiyah shadida. This is disliked, severely disliked. And the third one is halul mutaba'ah. It's when you follow the imam. He does it and you do it after the imam. This is what we were instructed to do. That's why the Prophet said, فَإِذَا كَبَّرَ فَكَبِّرُوا وَإِذَا رَكَعَ فَرْكَعُوا وَإِذَا سَجَدَ فَاسْجُدُوا If he says Allah Akbar, say Allah Akbar. If he does ruku' do ruku' if he does sujood, do sujood. In other words, he does that action, once he's done it, you do it. It's not you're doing it action together. He has to, because the hadith says, فَإِذَا كَبَّرَ فَكَبِّرُوا He says, Allahu Akbar, Allah, you say Akbar, after him. وَإِذَا رَكَعَ He does the ruku' then you do the ruku' وَإِذَا سَجَدَ He does the sujood after he has done the sujood. He's done it. 
that you do this root. Okay? That's important to understand. And this teaches us, brothers and sisters, an important issue which is known as al-mutaba'ah. Importance of following. Some people are very hard-headed. They hate to follow anything. They don't like law and order. They like chaos. They like, yani, uh, yani, they love to mukhalafah and opposition to the nadam. They don't like, they, they, they love to do that. They like to go against the, the nadam. So this hadith teaches us to follow the imam. The imam who's leading the salah. He's your imam, pray behind him, follow him what he does. Do as he tells you to do. Also, follow the Prophet as he's the one who told you. There's the fourth situation when it comes to following the Imam, which is which is that the person is delaying from the Imam. In which the Imam is actually finishing a whole pillar and you're just, you're, you're like way behind. Also, that's disliked. That's also disliked. Now. ثم ينحض من السجود مكبرا ويجلس بين السجدتين مفترشا وكيفيته أن يجعل الرجل اليسرى فراشا له وينصب الرجل اليمنى من من الجانب الأيمن أما اليدان فيضع يده اليمنى على فخذه اليمنى أو على رأس الركبة ويده اليسرى على فخذه اليسرى أو يلقمهما الركبة فكلتاهما صفتان واردتان عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولكن اليد اليمنى يضم منها الخنصر والبنصر والوسطى والإبهام أو تحلق الإبهام مع الوسطى وأما السبابة فتبقى مفتوحا غير ممدودة ويحركها عند الدعاء فقد فمثلا إذا قال رب اغفر لي يرفعها وارحمني يرفعها وهكذا في كل جملة دعائية يرفعها أما اليد, أما اليد اليسرى فإنها مبسوطة ولم يرد عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما أعلم أن اليد اليمنى تكون مبسوطة وإنما ورد أنه يقبض منها الخنصر والبنصر ففي بعض ألفاذ الحديث ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما كان إذا قعد في الصلاة رواه مسلم وفي بعضها إذا قعد في التشهد رواه أحمد وتقييد ذلك بالتشهد لا يعني أنه لا يعم جميع الصلاة فلأن الراجح من أقوال الأصوليين أنه إذا ذكر العموم ثم ذكر أحد أفراده بحكم يطابقه فإن ذلك لا يقدد التخصيص فمثلا إذا قلت أكرم الطلبة ثم قلت أكرم فلانا ثم وهو من الطلبة فهل ذكر فلان في هذا الحال يقتدي تخصيص الإكرام به كلا كما أنه لما قال الله تعالى تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها لم يكن ذكر الروح مخرجا لبقية الملائكة والمهم أن ذكر بعد للأفراد العام بحكم يوافق العام لا يقتدي التخصيص ولكن يكون تخصيص في الفرد بالذكر لسبب يقتضيه أما للعناية به أو لغير ذلك 
المهم أنني إلى ساعتي هذه لا أعلم أنه ورد أن اليد اليمنى تبسط على الفخذ اليمنى في حال الجلوس بين السجدتين والذي ذكر فيها أنه تكون مقبوضة الخنصر والبنصر والإبهام مع الوسطى وقد ورد ذلك صريحا في حديث وائل بن حجر في مسند الإمام أحمد الذي قال عنه بعض أهل العلم إن إسناده جيد وبعضهم نازع فيه ولكن نحن في غنى عنه في الواقع لأنه يكفي أن نقول إن الصفة التي وردت بالنسبة لليد اليمنى هو هذا القبل ولم يرد أنها تبسط فتبقى على هذه الصفة حتى يتبين لنا من السنة أنها تبسط في الجلوس بين السجدتين وفي هذا الجلوس يقول رب اغفر لي وارحمني واهدني واجبرني وعافني وارزقني رواه الترمذي وأبو داود سواء كان إماما أو مأموما أو منفردا The author رحمه الله He mentioned three issues in this segment The first issue that he mentioned is How do you sit down between the two sajdatain The two sajda, the two prostrations How do you sit down? The Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام there's two ways that was transmitted from him والسلام, when it came to sitting between the two sajda. The first one is called iftirash. Iftirash basically means يعني iftirash al-yusra wa nasbul yumna mustaqbilan bi asabi'il qibla. A person sits on one leg and which is your left leg you sit on that and your right leg stands with your fit, your toes facing the qibla and the majority of the prophet this was what was transmitted from him also what's been transmitted from him to sit like that in between the sajdatain was what nasmul ma'an the two legs stand sitting on both of them both of the legs, He's, and you, you're, you sit on top of your two legs and you make your two legs face the Qibla. That's also being transmitted from the Prophet wasalam. And this is what the scholars call Iqa'a. I'm a Iqa'a, sorry. Iqa'a'in, I'm Iqa'a'un. That's what the scholars call it. You can find it in the Hadith Sahih Muslim. The only time the Iqa'a is actually permitted is between the two sajdatain. That's it. The second one is um, the second thing that the Sheikh spoke about. So the first one he spoke about was how to sit between the two sajdatain. The second thing that the Sheikh spoke about is uh, how do you place your two hands? Um, where do you place your two hands? It hasn't been transmitted from the Prophet والسلام, where you should put your two hands in between the two sajda. 
ولذلك الشيخ محمد ناصر الدين الألباني هو كتاب we took last year صفة الصلاة النبي من التكبير إلى التسليم كأنك تراها in his كتاب الشيخ الألباني didn't mention a chaptering for where you should put your hands because of the hadith which are all weak as for what the fuqaha mentioned that there has been transmitted from the Prophet that he placed his right hand on his right, uh, right he placed his right hand on his right thigh and his left hand on his left thigh then this is not the place where it was mentioned for okay وهكذا also um, the third mas'ala that the Shaykh mentioned is the dhikr that is read at this moment and the Shaykh mentions Rabbi anything more than that has been has not been transmitted from the Prophet and all of the ahadith that have been mentioned that the Prophet said something here all of them are what? Ma'lulah the hadith which are mu'allal weak so Rabbi Ghfilli it seems to be what's authentic now فَإِنْ قُلْتَ كَيْفَ يُفْرِدُ الْإِمَامُ الْطَمِيرَ وَقَدْ رُوِيَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الرَّجُلِ إِذَا كَانَ إِمَامًا وَخَصَّ نَفْسَهُ بِالدُّعَاءِ فَقَدْ خَانَ الْمُؤْمِنِ فَالْجَوَابُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ أَنَّ هَذِهِ فِي الدُّعَاءِ يُؤَمِّنُ عَلَيْهِ الْمَأْمُومِ فَإِنَّ الْإِمَامَ إِذَا أَفْرَدَهُ يَكُونُ قَدْ خَانَ الْمَأْمُومِينَ مِثْلَ دُعَاءِ الْقُنُوتِ عَلَّمَهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْحَسَنَ بْنَ عَلِيٍّ بصيغة الإفراد اللهم اهدني في من هديت رواه أبو داود والترمذي وأحمد فلو قال الإمام اللهم اهدني في من هديت يكون هذا خيانة لأن المأموم سيقول آمين والإمام قد دعا لنفسه وترك المأمومين إذا فليقل اللهم اهدنا في من هديت فلا يخص نفسه بالدعاء دون المأمومين في دعاء يؤمن عليه المأمون لأن ذلك خيانة للمأموم the Shaykh Rahimahullah, what he mentioned here, I think it needs no tafsir, inshaAllah ta'ala, another, yani speak a bit, a bit about the issue in more great details, inshaAllah ta'ala. So um, this segment, inshaAllah ta'ala, I'm going to go over it tomorrow, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We have two more days left. We are going according to schedule. So um, we'll stop there for now, inshaAllah ta'ala. I'm going to take as much questions as I also can from all of you. Bismillahi al kareem So if anyone has any questions, they can ask, inshallah ta'ala. Was anything mentioned about the number of the dhikr between the two prostrations? We mentioned between the two prostrations 
the person should say, Rabbi ghfirli. We said any addition to that has not been transmitted from the Prophet And all of the narrations that have come, all of them are isnadun mu'allalun. There is deficiency and weakness in all of it. Okay? If a person finds it difficult to sit on your toes, facing the Qibla, does this invalidate the prayer? No, it doesn't. If you can't do it and it hurts, then do it as close as, and as yani near as you can, as possible, inshallah ta'ala. Fattakullaha mastata'atum. If anyone forgets to do any any act in salah, how can he bring it back to the salah other than repeating the rak'ah? It depends on what you're you're missing and you've left out. That's number one. Number two, if it happens to be something that you must bring back, then you have to bring the entire rak'ah back. Assalamu alaikum. A revert sister cannot wear hijab because her parents are unaware of this of, of her Islam. Does she get sinned for this? Um if that sister can email, inshallah ta'ala, if she can send an email to my uh, my email or to the Madrasatul uh, sorry, Kalima, it will be nice, inshallah ta'ala. My personal email will be good, inshallah ta'ala. I'll answer it there, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum Ustad. If a group of sisters pray in jama'ah, is one of them obliged to call the adhan or the iqama or both? Barakallahu feek. No, they're not obliged. They are not obliged. Yep, that's my email, inshallah ta'ala. Abdurrahman at kalima.org. Inshallah ta'ala, email me there, inshallah, the sister that asked the question about her family not knowing she's a Muslim. Ustad, may Allah be good with you. Allahumma ameen. Is it allowed 
to pray with your eyes closed. It's best not to, uh, to look at your place of sujood and etc. And it's better to do that. Assalamu uh, alaikum, Ustad. If, uh, if, uh, if an inspiring student has the intention to reform himself first, but as well as his people who are involved in a lot of innovations, is that a sincere intention or should he rectify it? The poet said, فَلْتَقْصِدُوا أَرْبَعَةً قَبْلَ ابْتِدَى تَعَلَّمْ لِتْكَيْتَ فُوزَ بِالْهُدَى أولها الخروج من ضلالي وثاني نفع خلقي ذي الجلال وثالث الإحياء للعلوم ورابع العمل للمعلوم. So the first reason why you learn is to remove ignorance from yourself, and the second reason is then to يعني أولها الخروج من ضلالي وثاني نفع خلقي ذي الجلال. The second reason is to benefit the community and the people around you. نعم. Can a woman on her menstruation uh, just pray as her kids pray along with her always so that they don't miss the prayer and they are small to make them understand regarding it? No, she's not allowed to pray. She's not allowed to pray. She just teaches them it's wrong for you to pray and it's a disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to pray. Okay, you're not allowed to pray. Okay, but what you can do is you can show them how to pray. Tell, the, tell them that is the prayer time. And if their father is around, they, he, he should be taking that responsibility in either taking them to the masjid to pray or he should be, uh, if, he's, if he's in a country where there's no masjid or anything like that, he should be leading the family in the prayer at home. Amen. How loud should a woman pray? Should she hear what she is reading or just lip-sync? When a person is reciting, their lips have to move. Praying the salah with no lips moving is not right. Their lips should move. If you could hear it, that's enough, inshallah. And if if you're just, your lips are moving, no problem, inshallah. Ustaz, sometimes I pray and my children walk in front of me and I don't try to stop them because it will distract me from my prayer. You should teach them not to go in front of you. And if they do go in front of you, you don't have to hit them or push them. They're little kids. So what the Prophet did, when the animal tried to go in front of him, the Prophet ran towards the the pillar or towards the sutra. So when the child wants to go in front of you, just, just move forward so he goes behind you. Okay?
Okay. Ustad, if I have a chance between learning Arabic from a teacher who is of a certain group, uh, mentions certain people, but it is comprehensive, but is a, is a but is a comprehensive teacher, or should I learn from a teacher who is not from Ahlul Bidah? Find a teacher from the Sunnah that you can learn from, Inshallah Taala. That's better for your Deen. Uh, and it's better for your akhirah. I mean, you wouldn't go to a a doctor who is deviated in his practice. You wouldn't go to him, right? You'd be concerned about him. You'd protect him. You protect yourself because you don't want someone to harm your health. So the your religion is your rasul mal. No. Uh, Ustad, is there any difference between male and female prayer? There are multiple opinions and this worries me. What if my prayer isn't according to Sunnah? Yani the women are the same in prayer. Yani the asl is everything Allah and His Messenger mentioned. It's for the men and the women unless there comes an evidence that specifies it. Okay? Ustad, uh, may Allah reward you with khair. Amin. Allahumma amin. You, you as well. Are there any specific du'as from Quran that we shouldn't recite in sujood? No. The du'as that have come in the Quran, you can read them in the sujood. Ustad, do I have to catch up the raka'ah? Yani bring back the raka'ah, you mean? If Imam recites Surah Al-Fatiha quite fast, yeah, if the Imam has already read Surah Al-Fatiha and he moves on and he recites another Surah after it and you try to come to the Masjid and you, you just hear him say Allah Akbar and he goes to the Rukur then yes, you have to bring back the Raka'ah. Okay. Instead, I work as a conductor on a train and I travel to work a great distance more than 100 kilometers. And often I do not take the rukhsa of joining prayers. Can I pray on the train while it is moving? Qibla? If you can combine it, combine the prayer. If you can and you've got the chance of combining it, then try to combine it. Okay? If you can't, then the time is about to go, then inshallah ta'ala pray in the, on the train inshallah ta'ala.
Can you advise me and give me practical advice on how to give up a sin I keep persisting on? I always make tawbah and ask Allah to forgive me, but I end up returning. Jazakallahu khairan. I would advise that person to read the kitab Al-Dawa Dawa by Ibn Al-Qayyim. The, uh, the cures, the illnesses and its cures. Ibn Al-Qayyim wrote a book on the same question that you just asked. Someone asked him the same question. And he, rahimahullah, responded. So my advice to you is if you can read that book, inshallah ta'ala, uh, you will be in the Kareem get a better answer, inshallah ta'ala. Also on YouTube, I've done a, ser a series on like 20 steps to leave off sins. Inshallah ta'ala, go there, bi Kareem. Okay. I uh, wanted to say, brothers and sisters, I kindly request people not to mention individuals' names. No questions. Just ask the question. Don't mention names. Don't mention people's names. Okay, just ask a question. Ooh, and avoid mentioning people's names, please. Barakallahu feekum. Ustad, can a woman wear a bag on her shoulder where the shape of her shoulder will show? It's best to avoid it, inshallah ta'ala. It's best to avoid it. Ustad, when praying Maghrib, Isha, Fajr, and the Imam recites Fatiha loud, is listening enough or should we also read Fatiha ourselves? So yeah, you read the Fatiha with the Imam because reading Fatiha is a pillar that you have to come with. Ustad, 
Should I give salam every time I ask you a question? Is that from the good manners? Rather, no. If you've been in the class all this time, every time you don't have to say assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum. Just one time when you come into the group, in the room, it's good to say assalamu alaikum. And after that, khalas. Every time you don't have to say, you don't have to say assalamu alaikum every time. Okay? Okay. When I did the Uthiyah, the person I went to had me hold his hand while he was the one actually holding the knife. Is this okay? Yeah, it doesn't seem as in you were holding the knife. Was, it, yeah, I mean, I don't see a problem with that, inshallah. How can we retain long surahs in our memory? Please advise us on how you have revi revised your Qur'an. Jazakallah khairan. The Qur'an needs consistent revision or else you're going to lose it. You have to always go over again and again and again and again. And the more often you read it, the, the stronger it becomes. And the less you read it, the weaker it becomes. I personally don't know any answer that I could give when it comes to memorizing anything better than repetition. Anything you repeat so many times, for a very long period of times, you'll, you'll retain it and hold on to it. Yani, reading yani, until you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, revising portions of the Qur'an every day, going over again and again and again and again and then again, you will get, your memorization will become much, much stronger and much better. Okay? Instead, how to notice a public figure or someone who calls himself a caller to Islam, pushing out misguidance, or not calling to Islam correctly, any signs or characteristics? The main important thing that a person should do in his da'wah is called to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And the Qur'an and the Sunnah need to be understood in light with the way that the early generation understood it. So when you read a verse, when you read a hadith, you ask yourself, how did the three noble generation understand this? The three generations that the Prophet referred to as خَيْرُ النَّاسِ قَرْنِي ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ And the Prophet gave them virtue alayhi salatu wasalam. They're the best of generation. My generation, those who come out, those who come out. فَبِهُدَاهُمْ وَقُتَدِي Follow their guidance. 
والسابقون الأولون من المهاجرين والأنصار والذين تبعوهم بإحسان رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه For Allah to be pleased with you, you need to be following the muhajirin and the ansar. وَمَنْ يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُصْلِهِ جَهَنَّمُ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا If you follow a path other than the path of Allah and His Messenger and the believers. So when this verse came down, who were the believers that were alive at then? Who were the believers? They were the sahabas, ibtida'an. And it's not only referring to them, but it refers to every believer after that. So you follow the path of the believers, that which the ummah, that the sahabas were upon, and that which they all, the sahabas all agreed upon, and the tabi'een, and the atba'u tabi'een, wa hakadha. The Prophet told us, alayhi salatu wasalam, disputes and argumentations and differences is going to happen. It's nothing shocking. What we're seeing today, the disagreements and the disputes and the argumentations that we're seeing today is not shocking. It's actually something we knew that was going to happen. Because the Prophet told us, he said, Any one of you who lives will see a lot of disputes and argumentations. The Prophet never mentioned an illness without mentioning its cure. He will never do that, So he gave us a solution to that. What did he say? He said, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِهِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ Hold onto my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa. The Prophet did not say, use your aql. The Prophet didn't say that, What he said was, when that happens, he said, go to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa, Abi Bakrin wa Umar wa Uthman wa Ali, and the sahabas, Go to their understanding and how they understood it. Then the Prophet said, Stay away from the newly invented matters. Callers that are going to call you to the doors of the hellfire. Anyone who obeys them, they will throw them into the hellfire. Those are the, stay away from the innovation that these people are bringing to the table. Stay away from it. The Prophet told us every innovation is going to lead to the hellfire. Every innovation will be in the hellfire. The innovators and their innovation is all going to be rejected. As the Prophet said, Man amila amala laysa alihi amruna rejected. It will not be taken into consideration. For it to be accepted by Allah Taala, it has to be what? فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُو لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا Which is according to the Sunnah. وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّي أَحَدَانَ It means ikhlas. Those two are conditions for every action, for it to be accepted. Sincerity and in accordance to the sunnah. So however number they become, these callers who call to misguidance, however, num- how much, however much they increase in number, we learn from the Qur'an and the sunnah, you are the jama'ah even if you're by yourself. Ya ikhwah, hold on to the sunnah with your molar teeth. Don't let go. Die holding on to it. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, If you're going to hold on to something, hold on to what? Hold on to the path of the, the sahabas. Those who passed away. Hold on to their path. Ahmed ibn Hanbal, when he entered onto Ahmed ibn Abi Duat, the leader of the Mu'tazila, who was Qadr al-Qudat at that time, and he wanted to debate with him in the issue of Khalq al-Qur'an. 
Ahmed didn't even look at him. Gave him no attention. Gave him no weight. He entered. And Ahmed, rahimahullah, spoke to the leader of the Muslims. The leader of the Muslims said to him, address him, speak to Ahmed ibn Abi Duat. Ahmed said, if I was to know him to be from the people of knowledge, I would have spoken to him. But I don't see him as to be from the people of knowledge. If you read that debate that was transmitted between Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Ahmed ibn Abi Duat, you will see Ahmed, rahimahullah, how he stuck to just nusus al-wahiyin, the Quran and the hadiths. The Quran and the hadiths. That's all you need, brothers and sisters. This is one simple question everybody should be asked. Is the Quran and the Sunnah the ultimate truth? If they say yes, is that what we were commanded at the times of disputes and argumentations? As Allah said in the Quran, If you dispute one another in a matter, the ruling is with Allah. Take it back to the Quran and the Sunnah. Allah says in another ayah, Brothers and sisters, there's only revelation and desires. If they don't follow you, Muhammad, they are following their desires. They're not following you, they're following their desires. Allah says to Nabi like Dawood alayhi salam, Ya Dawood, inna ja'alnaka, inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ardi, fahkum bayna nasi bil haq, wala tattabi'i hawa, fayudillaka an sabirillah. Do not follow desires, it will misguide you. Follow the revelation that was sent to you. And then revelation and desires, they're against each other. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala said to the Prophet, wa anihkum baynahum bima anzalallah, wala tattabi'i ahwa'ahum. Allah said in another ayah, Do you really think these people have aql who went against the revelation? Do you really think they understand what they're doing? No, they don't. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, he said, they are more misguided than the cattle. Do you think the majority of them actually hear what you were saying? Do, they, do you think that they actually have aql to understand, inhum illa kalan'am, they are just like the cattles. Belhum adallu sabila, rather they are more misguided than it. Why? The verse before that Allah says, araita bani takhada ilahu hawa, they've taken their desires as their Lord. In another ayah, Allah tabarakut ta'ala, he says, afaraita bani takhada ilahu hawa, the one who took his desires as his Lord. That's what he goes back to. So what we say, brothers and sisters, is this religion, this deed, that we have what is right it is based on the Quran and the Sunnah and that which the pious predecessors were upon. And that which is wrong is based upon the opposition of the Quran and the Sunnah and that which the pious predecessors were upon. Okay? That's our deen. The one who is pleased with it can be pleased with it. The one who annoys it can be on. That's what we should try to die upon. We ask Allah Taala to keep us on that path and make us those who live by it externally and internally, and resurrect us with the early righteous people, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali. We don't want to be from those people who will come the day of judgment. And we want to go towards the Prophet's fountain, والسلام, and then the Prophet, وسلم, he sees us, and we're about to go to him. And then what? 
we will be removed from that direction. We will be pushed away from that direction. And then the Prophet ﷺ will ask Allah, why? Why are those people being pushed away? And it will be said to the Prophet, You do not know what they have invented in the religion after you. What they've added onto the deen after you. Created new methods of preaching to the deen of Allah, preaching to the people. Using this method and this tariqah and that tariqah. They left that which the early people were upon, the great people were upon. They left it. Try this new thing. It doesn't work. Let's flavor it by doing this. Let's beautify it by this. The deen doesn't need that. Alhamdulillah, our religion, it's perfect. This is what Allah is pleased with. This is the religion of Islam Allah is pleased with. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what Allah loves. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to guide the people, call them to this path. وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا مَا كُنْتَ تَدْرِي مَا الْكِتَابُ وَلَا الْإِيمَانُ وَلَكِنْ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُورًا نَهْدِي بِهِ مَنْ نَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Guide to that path. Call to it and preach it. I'm going to stop there inshaAllah ta'ala. Anything I might have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan and Allah and His Messenger are both free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdi ashadu wa la ilaha illallah. Astaghfiruka wa tawwilayhi.